date is March 25th. The reason why that's important, and we don't usually share the date when we tell you about collisions and where our episodes were, is because we're a week and a half into the COVID-19 crisis that has gripped the globe and now is recently gripping Calgary and Canada. Guillermo and I were originally scheduled and slated to talk about economic transformation in Calgary. So we said, you know what? Let's keep on that same vein, but let's look at it through the filter of COVID-19. What are we going through? What's this going to force us to learn? What's this going to force us to do differently? How do we need to look at the world through a different lens? How do we make plans for the future when we actually don't know what the future looks like? But we very quickly pivot to the positive angle of, hey, we've been working at this transformation for the last five years. We are equipped. Things weren't going amazing here. We all know that. We were working hard. There's many organizations throughout Calgary from Creative Destruction Labs to Platform to Startup to the list goes on that we talk about and the amazing work that they're doing and how incredibly important that that's going to be in the future when we come out of the other side of this thing. Why servitude and how how you can help is going to be such a cornerstone to getting us back to our pioneering roots of giving each other what we need to be successful and ultimately being successful together. It's factual, it's philosophical, it's a story, it's a positive light in what can be a little bit of a negative time right now. So please enjoy the episode with Guillermo Salazar. Let's just dive right into it. I'm here on, um, what is this, morning, I don't know, morning eight or morning nine of social isolation with uh, Mr. Guillermo Salazar. How are you doing, Guillermo? Hey, Tyler, good to see you. Good to see you again. Absolutely. Thanks for coming online. And this is our first, I think, a first Collisions YYC episode that we've done, we've done on Zoom, wanting to keep the message going and keep it out there. For just sheer, I think, entertainment value, we're going to keep the exact same format, but we're going to talk about everything with the filter of the current COVID-19 world. So sure. with that, let's dive in, give everybody a quick intro of who you are, and then we'll start talking about it. Sure. Uh, I grew up in Calgary. I was raised here. I uh, went to high school here and university here and kind of, you know, really died in the world Calgarian. Um, all of my, I went to university, like I said, university here. My wife went to university here. My brother went to university. All my family did. So we're, we're, we're representing the, the city well. Excellent. Um, yeah. And started my career here. And um, let's see, I came when I, you know, from an experience share, when I came out of university, price of oil was around nine nine eighty, maybe 10 bucks a barrel. And uh, I got hired by Evan Hugh. Actually, oh, interesting. Oh, what a super! Yeah. It's, a very, it's a very. I love Calgary. It is the biggest small town ever. I love it. It is a tiny world. So I worked for Evan directly for a couple of years, and then ended up consulting after that. And uh, he taught me how the, the consulting business works and how to run it. And so from there, um, I was on my own for a bit, and then started a company in '09, and we grew that to a point that we were acquired by uh, Deloitte, or a big four firm, in, in 2013, and uh, worked for them for quite a while. And then uh, along the way. I, uh, two neighbors, we started a company called Raven Hockey okay. and, uh, we started Raven in 12, uh, as a bit of an experiment and, uh, grew that to, it's a, it's still a going concern. It's in 220 stores, uh, across North America, a couple in Europe, a couple in, uh, in South Korea. And, um, so that's exciting. And that, that, you know, that was a time where we learned a ton about, uh, digital marketing, uh, when no one else was really doing it. We learned about influencers when no one else was really doing it. And, uh, it was a really, really fun time to learn about consumer, um, consumer product, customer experience. 
right? Interesting. So everything you've done has always been in the realm of digital. Like that's been the underpinning kind of everything, or even because I know Evan, yeah. if anyone hasn't listened, I'll do a blatant plug. Check out his, I think his is one of the most downloaded episodes we have on Collisions. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's yeah. such a, such a well-known guy. Go check it out. But obviously, so it sounds like there's a digital or that type of underpinning to everything you've done in your career. Yeah, like my, my career is always in, in uh, data and analytics. And so data management analytics was always my, my kind of technical strength. Okay. And, uh, and then that emerged, that evolved into, you know, in, in implementing, te- implementing technically technology projects. And, you know, along the way you're getting yourself in the sales cycle. And so you've got to connect benefit and business changes to technology implementations. And so you, my mind is just always uh, oriented that way because of the work that I was in and the things that I was reading in order to better serve, uh, serve my customers better. So yeah, it's, so, it's amazing once you like you keep tuning in the filter of what you see, you know what I mean? Like exactly. it's, it's yeah. all coming, we're all getting the same information. It's just where we like how we allocate it based on our filter. So yeah. knowing that and digital like, filter is that's and in a time when it wasn't the buzzwords of the day. Like it was there, right. but it was kind of almost a little bit subset, I would say. Well, when we started Raven um, in 2012 and really went to market heavy in 13, like, we didn't have any money. And so we couldn't <laughs> afford any traditional media and we needed to get broad in scope. And so we did. We did an Indiegogo kickoff. We marketed that using social media and Twitter and, and everything like that. And and uh, we got traction and our early traction and sold out and sold out and sold out. And we had a good we had a good product and so um, and good partnerships and, and so on and so forth. And so that was a really interesting experience as far as learning because we had no money and we couldn't right. compete. We couldn't ne- compete ne- otherwise. Necessity of the mother of all invention. <laughs> you got it. You got it. And then uh, so work with Deloitte for a while and then. Uh, I exited Deloitte in November 16 and then uh, had some time off, thought of some new things and then started up a company called Celesto. We were focused on, on cloud transformation. So one of the things that we identified and kind of uh, in the off period was, you know, what is going to be the next big transformation for technology? What's going to the biggest impact? And we zeroed in on cloud. And so we learned a ton about cloud technology and how that impacts people and the way we do work and the way we consume compute uh, computing workloads. And, um, and we, we got started in that. And our, our first gig was actually working for the Alberta government, helping them uh, with their cloud transformation journey. And, Interesting. Uh, so that was very much selection. a pure consulting, again, back to consulting yeah. in your bones I'm, is what I'm hearing throughout this whole yeah, thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's what you get paid to do, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. someday you've got to, you, you know, there's, there's your dreams and what you want to do. I'd love to get paid to ski, but I'm not that good. <laughs> Sometimes right. those harsh realities of like, I just got to make money over here so I can afford this, what is just going to be a hobby. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And then, uh, and then <laughs> along the way, which was really interesting is, um, I don't know if you've ever met the team at Valhalla Capital or Valhalla Angels, Randy. I Thompson. haven't. I, I know the names and I think I've met like out and about, but no, I don't really, I don't know yeah. anybody. I don't quote unquote know anybody from there. So I was working on a board at Haskane and Derek Hunter introduced me to the guys at Valhalla and said, Hey, you know, kind of like, you're kind of spotted like they are. You should go go hang out with those guys and meet them. And so I caught up with Randy and uh, and that team there, and um, they were really kind. I mean, if you when you get a chance to meet Randy, he's a bona fide giver. And uh, they said, hey, you know, we've got some space. Come crash at our space if you want to kind of get out of the house. And when I was there, um, I came across a, a problem that that I think we've all struggled with. And uh, I shared it with two two of the guys that I was literally sitting in their office, crashing in their office. And they said, well, we should solve that. And uh, it was pretty interesting. This is how I see what you see got started. And um, we said to ourselves, well, this is the things, if we're going to build a software company, this is how it's got to, these are things that have to happen. It's got to be incredible user experience. It's got to be amazingly simple. There's got to be no apps. It's got to be all cloud-based. And all those things are what we built into kind of original, what our products should look like. And then, uh, you know, being with, uh, in that physical space, you talk about collisions, 
right? Yes. <laughs> um, the the uh, the Nate the fact that I was sitting there in the office with two guys that I'd never really met before, and um, and we said, hey, you know, this is a problem that we all feel. We can we uh, intuition tells us there's a big market for this. Um, let's let's build an MVP and try and get some customers, right? And so down the hall, again, talk about collisions. Down the hall was a dev shop that uh, that we knew, and so we chatted with them. And, uh, and so Stefan Rodada, he's our, he's kind of our, our, um, called CTO and, um, he is the lead for this development shop. And so we chatted with him and said, Hey, uh, this may sound crazy to you. This is what we think we can do on a whiteboard. Right. And, uh, he said, no, you know what? I think that that's not entirely unreasonable. Um, let's go check with the guys. It's <laughs> a good so start. We to- not entirely unreasonable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, precisely. Let's go check with the guys. And, uh, and so we met with the, um, the development team and laid out, you know, spent some nights, you know, some nights by the fire writing out user stories and how we thought this whole thing would be, how it would work. And um, incidentally, we're nowhere near where we were when we wrote that out. But <laughs> we, 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 I, I appreciate the honesty on that. Best, yeah, laid, best we, laid plans, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was enough to kind of create a vision that we could go out there and sell. And then we got, um, we got really lucky from some connections, again, random collisions, uh, right. some connections of people, that were actually in the process of exiting their job. So they had kind of two weeks left to exit their job. And in the process of that, they provided a, a really big introduction to us with, um, with ACO. And ACO, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And so ACO became our first customer and, um, and they were, you know, for all the, all the, um, you know, probably the, the negative, I'll say negative perspective on utilities as far as being, not being innovative and not being, mm-hmm. you know, all that. There's just a kind of a, it has a bit, yeah, there's an old school kind of veil that kind of hangs right. over all That's that. Right. Uh, quote unquote, unsophisticated. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, they were right away. They saw, they saw the value immediately. Um, they committed two people of their employees to, to working on our product with us. And we built up RC, which you see really hand in hand with ACO's um, you know, business problem around customer service. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we, we built a product that we're, we're really proud of today. And um, we have, you know, we're coming up on, on well, as just, you know, I mentioned last week, we're coming up on a number of users, of, a number of users that we never would have expected in our original plan. Well, and, uh, interesting times create, you know, they create a lot of, there's a lot of struggle yeah. happening right now, but there's also a lot of opportunity and, you know, a little yeah. bit of what we wanted to talk about today is the opportunity. I think the realities yeah. of this current situation is being covered in the media, if you want to listen. So yeah. along this journey, it's interesting, I, I, I'm just putting all the pieces together. So part of this show and the root of it is getting a perspective of what's going on in Calgary. So clearly you've got a pretty good perspective of building multiple businesses here, collaborating here. Your biggest client is here. So when you think of the concept of economic transformation in Calgary, which maybe arguably is a little bit different answer than it would have been two or three weeks ago. What's your perspective on that? Like, you know, it's a, it's also, it's a buzzword. Oh, digital, you know, sorry, economic transformation, digital transformation, just pick something and put transformation after it. So what's your perspective? Like, obviously you've been on this ride from growing up here to building multiple businesses here. What are you seeing? Well, it's an interesting, you know, and and this is something that's a theme in in a lot of the things that you talk about. And it's uh, certainly, (laughs) certainly relevant right now, but um, you know, we, I look at transformation in Calgary and, and this may sound um, a bit backwards, but I really do think that we need to get back to our original pioneer roots. Okay. And as that, as that sounds, um, I think that we, we kind of got a bit soft uh, along the way. Like we had a 14 year bull run in Calgary. Um, mm-hmm. 2008 financial crisis was just a baby kind of a glancing blow. And I think we've got a little corporate and uh, what I've come to, you know, I'll say form an opinion on is that we, we, got a bit corporate when in fact we are still we're still uh, a pioneer province we're still um outside okay. of the outside of the, the the mix of everything and um 
And we need to understand that those are some of our physical circumstances. We're not in the, let's say, Toronto to Philadelphia belt. We're not on the West Coast, right? We're in the middle of, we're in the, middle of, of the prairie. And so and I'd like to see when we talk about transformation, um, Calgary and Albertans and as a whole, I'll, let's say the prairie, become revert to our hardy bunch and, and resilient bunch. And, and I think that that's more, um, more important ever than before. And, and this includes like when you think of like a homesteader or a pioneer, like they depended on each other to get out of whatever the harsh winter was. They shared with one another. If they, if I had too much of something and you needed a bit of it, I, I offered it to you like that is, uh, you know, that kind of uh, those values are something that I think that really could benefit people today. And, and we're seeing it. I mean, we're seeing it a lot of ways where people are, are opening with an offer instead of opening with an ask and, yeah, and the, the give, 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 get versus the take, 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 take. That's right. And, yeah. and I think that that's, that's something that is um, reflective of our, of our DNA and, and, Probably, I think it would create more happiness for us than just the sheer um, outward asking for support and asking for help. I'd, I'd like to see us transform that way where we open with an offer, we understand what we can offer, we give, and we really get back to being hardy and working hard. And I'm not saying we're not working hard, but I'm just, we need to, we need to be hard, work harder than anybody else. Well, harder of differently be the hardest working person in the room. Like it's interesting because yeah. coming from someone who grew up, like I didn't grow up in Calgary. I grew up in a rural farming community, which is very much like you talked about. You need something, yeah. you just go borrow it from the neighbor. It's just the way it was. And yeah. it wasn't even a thought. You could borrow it and just tell them later that you borrowed it. It didn't even matter. <laughs> uh, but you know, and, but then living in Montreal, spending a lot of time in Toronto, it was, didn't have that vibe. It was a little bit more class-based, a little bit more, who are you? And there was that going on. I moved to Calgary as an outsider and it had a huge overwhelming experience of like, oh, wow, this has more of that small town vibe than I'd experienced anywhere else. I lived in LA, I lived in different places. So, but to hear you talk about it still feels like we've lost that little bit because it still feels like it's better here than most places. But what I'm hearing clearly is it's not, we need more of it to get to the, to well, fill that gap. I, I think it's a differentiating characteristic. Hmm, in fact, like I, I, I think I, it's I, actually I agree where with you we totally. lean in on. And so we got a little bit to, uh, and this is just an observation. Uh, certainly, you know, so there's other facts. Hey, we can get we can get philosophical. That's that's okay. <laughs> but I'd like to see us get back to 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 being gritty, and uh, and that's mm. I think that that's actually what requires to survive in the prairies, mm. and and you know to some degree, like you think about the pioneers and the homesteaders that that founded this province, they were considered expendable. Right. And so I, I think that yeah, they were arguably on the fringe of society. So they, they literally went to the fringe of society, that's like right. the physical right. fringe. <laughs> and so I, I think that we need to consider that as, as a bit of a reality. And, and, and I, and I, you know, let's, let's, let's frame that in terms of where we are with COVID-19 and, and the support that we're getting out of the federal government right now. Um, I think that that's, that's a different lens than we ever could have imagined. And I mean, we, had, yes. we couldn't have imagined that a month ago or no. even all the momentum and, you know, what I consider um, like the concepts of Wexit and all that, I do think that I do think there is uh, we do need a, a better deal. Um, but I don't think that now's the time to get all fussed up about that. I think there's a, there's, there's, yes. there's, we need to worry about, we need to consider um, what we need to get through right now as a, as a, a human race and as a, as a population of people that are in this together. Yes. And, um, and that's what we need to focus on. So, you know, it's, we need to we need to balance our short term with our long term outcomes. Um, and uh, and what I find very interesting is that uh, when we come out of this with all of this funding and spending, the reality is it's going to be an infrastructure play, and the reality is we're a resource country. And so it, it could all come back full circle that 
the in order to spur this economy and spur us getting out of this, it's going to rely heavily on being able to export products and raw materials to countries that are manufacturing countries. So from a transformation perspective, this, you know, this situation that we're in, which none of us can see much farther beyond the next couple of weeks, actually could, you know, back to that hierarchy of needs, if, you, if survival is what you're focusing on, some of those altruistic things get pushed aside a little bit and you start yeah. getting back to really into your roots of we need to make this happen. Yeah. Countries have come out of these countries have come out of things like you and I talked it before we hit the record button. Countries have used that exactly what you said as a strategy to come out of the Great Depression. And like there's examples of where it's absolutely been required and worked yeah, at, also and at, worked. Look, look at the Marshall Plan in China in Japan in the 40s, right? And just a massive, yes. massive, massive transformation. And uh, and they that's a really good Europe. example, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like I don't know, so 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 that's kind of one thing and, and what the worst case scenario is all of a sudden we go back to our bad habits because we're getting federal approval for infrastructure so the the, the pivot mm. that we need to take <laughs> yes, the opportunity yes, yes. before us is that we we you know i really believe that infrastructure will be a play coming out of this and i really believe that we need to approach it differently with more scarce resources and offering you know and 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 benefiting a lot of the, the the new thinking that's coming out and so you know remote work augmented reality iot uh, artificial intelligence like when we come into rebuilding these things let's not rebuild them the way we used to build them let's think about how we're going to apply technology around the edges like it's not so much full-on transformational technology but like but adjacent technology around our core kind of core industries so yes. that we can innovate them away and you look at like you know let's look at companies like apple like they don't they didn't have a single transformational technology it was the portfolio of adjacent yes. technologies that created the transformational technology yeah. and so we need to think the same way that it's this goes back to my comment about giving and sharing that if we go like nobody is going to steal your idea and so go go talk with somebody have a vidcom with somebody connect face to face and and share your idea and see once you're once can, you're allowed just to, just physically yeah <laughs> just, yeah well share, I, share, I, I know share. I I couldn't Zoom resist yeah podcast <laughs> exactly like call. you and I are chatting right now absolutely yeah I think that we need, and, and that's the opportunity right now is that people have more time. So we can actually have more of a discussion around uh, more flexibility and, and more of a discussion around being able to share these thoughts. Because what's interesting right now is that we've been all forced out of our regular uh, mode, you know, mode one of operating. Yes. And there are more strategic conversations happening, more pivot conversations happening, more uh, scenario planning conversations happening that may have ever happened in the last six or seven years. And, and let's take all, the, all those conversations you were quote unquote too busy to have because you were doing all the day-to-day stuff. No, you're absolutely right. I'm having a lot. I'm on a corporate, a bunch of um, groups and advisory boards and things like that. And some of the, the, the zoom calls we're having with the Hollywood squares, like 20 people on there, mm-hmm. the stuff that's coming out and like, nobody's talking about the fluff. No one's talking about the fringe items. We're talking about core issues now. And I, I, I'm not, I don't want to sound glamor, glamorizing, but I've really enjoyed it. Like shit's got very real. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I would think that, you know, you, you know, there really isn't a time for political behavior right now. It's, mm, it's that's who can, interesting who can, perspective. Who can, who can, you know, to use a, to a metaphor, who can grab a shovel and dig. Yeah. And, and it isn't about standing around and talking about what we're, you know, that just is, there's no time for that. And so, and I think that what's really interesting is we're really good at that as a, as a city. And so we're learning that our characteristics around mobilization, execution are really our talents and, and creating value as our talent. And this gets, again, this goes back to my, my kind of thinking around, we are getting back to what we're really strong at and what really makes 
a, I'll say a prairie person or a prairie culture fulfilled is this working through adversity. Um, and, and that's where we become the strongest. And, 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 and coming together to do that. I really liked what you yeah. said about, cause that, when you think about that small, the, you know, that nobody built a barn on the, by their own, by themselves. You know, exactly. it was, everyone would come together and then I build your barn next year. Like those kind of root things. And I think in our world of technology, sometimes we get so removed from the physical of doing mm-hmm. and creating that, you know, back to, we talked earlier, you know, the caveman versus the modern brain, caveman brain likes to do things and see things accomplished at the end of the day. You know, it does, it does, you know, and, some, and look, something and, rewarding and, about digging a hole and seeing a hole that you've dug. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And then maybe but next you day know. you fill it back in, but that's another story. <laughs> that's right. But look at the barn building that's happening right now. So, yes. you know, what is working right now, right? Look at the barn building that CDL is doing the barn building that, that to, 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 to extend the metaphor that Terry rock and those guys, are doing a platform yes a- right startup calorie these are all barn building activities and, oh and you know what I'm, I'm, i really like this barn building concept i'm gonna get some <laughs> i'm gonna get some mileage out of this one <laughs> okay yeah go for it it's it's very fresh <laughs> yeah no i 100 so but when you, you know, something that's something you t- yeah it, it, it's so interesting you say that and it's times of crisis that it back to the almost the lean startup model or the minimal viable like right now we just need to figure out what it kind of looks like and then we need to go do it we can't sit around and navel gaze for weeks and weeks because we we have like what do we talk about like you know a COVID day is like a year in normal corporate world like <laughs> yeah, these days like yeah. the whole dog years yeah. thing COVID years uh, we're gonna coin hey we're, we're gonna have a whole bunch of quotable quotes after this one something you touched on which I think it, you know circles around like a bit and I've had the dichotomy between federal and provincial or just local jurisdictions you know this is Calgary based podcast but it's not we live in it we're, we we don't live in a bubble or on an island where do you see the leadership coming from that's going to help us get through this because that's a big one like. Because, you know, everyone's ready to grab a shovel, but someone still needs to somewhat kind of survey the area and put those strings out so we at least kind of know where to dig. So we just end up with a bunch of holes. Yeah, that's a that's almost like a trap question. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't my intention, but you know, you're a guy that strikes me as, you you know, he's got some thoughts. You've thought about some yeah. things. <laughs> I mean, I've got, I've got, we can opinions. edit this out later. There's the disclaimer. <laughs> we'll just edit it out. It's okay. Just tell me what you think. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 the, the reality of the situation is uh, we've got, an elected leader in a position to execute, right? And the only thing I can revert back to is World War II with the transition from Chamberlain to Churchill, right? And mm, so uh, good I, reference. Don't know, I don't know where we're going to go, but I think we're kind of like, we, we, we could be in a Churchillian era or we could be in a Chamberlain era. And I, I need to get more data to figure that is out. There, is Chamberlain like, don't worry, we'll have peace. You know, Germany will be out of Poland <laughs> by the spring. And he blew that one. But then yeah. Churchill is second. We weren't in a, a trauma situation. He didn't stay in power. Like That's there's right. an interesting thing of like who you That's need right. to go through these things. And if That's anyone right. hasn't read, there's a great book. Have you ever read American Icon? I don't know that one. It's when Alan Mulally turned around Ford Motor Company in 2008. Oh, cool. And it's kind of basically the view from a journalist that was allowed inside the room through the transformation. And just talking about, he turned around Boeing back in the 80s. He turned around Ford. He helped them get it through. But then the second they were on track, boom, he was out and moved on because he was that guy for that moment. And I think there's something to be said for that. Wartime presidents, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. So, so And so I I don't want to cast an opinion on our current leadership because I don't think they've had a chance to prove themselves quite yet. That's fair. Um, I do... I do. I'm watching intently and learning yes, and listening. I, I think that everyone's watching. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that because I think there's still, um, I do want to give our leadership an opportunity to, so for starters, they're the only person in the driver's seat right now. Yes. So if we all start grabbing the wheel, we're just going to, the car's going to go <laughs> off the rails. So let's, so if we can just, I, I just, I just want to be patient uh, with that and, and listen to the other, the opposition's opinions, both provincially and federally. 
Um, I think, uh, I do think that Dr. Dina Hinshaw has been the, the most like our, our Alberta doctor leader. I love yes. her. So, so talk about, and so as far as like steady hand on the wheel, uh, I just inspiration for, for confidence. We're going forward. The fact that we have her in charge of our province and I think she's getting national, uh, national. Have you, have you seen the t-shirts that were done? Like what would Dr. Hinshaw do? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. There's somebody so, who did a fundraiser with the t-shirts, which literally it's her and the underpinning is like, what would Dr. Hinshaw, what would Dr. Hinshaw do? And her picture on it, like just screened onto a t-shirt. Someone was raising money for some kids program yeah. and it was amazing. I saw it on social media the other day. Like I literally, I didn't buy a shirt, but I think I will after get off this call. Well, I, I do think that she should get consideration for person of the year in Canada because she has been absolutely stable confident, realistic, un, like undramatic. Uh, she's unpolitical. Un, 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 she's un, and she's unflappable. Like, yeah. like I get off from watching her. I'm like, okay, I was just told the truth. That's hundred yeah. percent. I was told the truth. And even though she wasn't overselling me, there's, I have a degree of hope that somebody's got their eye on this, that I trust. It's very interesting. Yeah. Then she literally came out of the crisis. Like she's emerged yeah. out of this in terms of the public eye. Yeah. And, and, and to, into the comment about wartime presence. So she's, she's mm. completely in a steady hand. And when this is all over, she will go back to being her, her role. Right. Yes. And I, I do think that of those two medical leaders and, and Dr. Tam that's leading us federally, like mm-hmm. I, I, I look for inspiration out of those two um, uh, because they are, they are the calm voice that, uh, that, that I, I, I get, I get, I get calmness from them. Absolutely. So, well, someone, someone told me years ago, I had a, I had a coach and he was a ex-military and he said, Tyler, what's your number one role as a leader? I'm like, oh, it's a trick question. I don't know. And he goes, Tyler, hope. If you're not creating hope yeah. in the people around you, you're not being a leader. And, you know, people like that give me a degree of hope that we're, you know, we are going to get through this. And I believe we are, but seeing that makes it feel a little bit more like, okay, we've got the right people holding the wheel. Well, this <laughs> so is so the let's, let them, let's let them do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is kind of like where I'm trying to really stop watching American television news right now, because I, I think that from the American leadership, we're getting false hope, which I think is, is misleading. Right. And, and false hope is, is criminal in my mind. If you tell somebody I, yes. that they can achieve something and they flat out can't, um, I think that's, that's why I really, really have a, a genuine appreciation for the news that we're getting out of, out of Henshaw. Cause I just, yeah. I, I'd give me the facts and, uh, and let me, let me give me a fax and give me some direction and then I'll make, I'll, I'll live my life accordingly. But uh, some of the, you know, we've got a, the political spectrum right now, federally, provincially, and even, you know, is, is really, it's not barn building. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Arguably in that world, it takes, the barns they're trying to build take longer than their election cycles. So, and, you know, it kind of immediately conflicts itself. You know what I mean? It yeah. breaks its own model. I so need then, this long so, to do something meaningful, but I need to just get voted in at this period of time. So I'm going to forget about that and just focus on this. Yeah. So this is going at, way too political. I think that maybe either of us wanted to go on this one. Yeah. So I, well, so, I take so, blame on that. So then maybe from a leadership perspective, you know, it gets back to the point of like, okay, so we've got the structural leadership in place as far as political is concerned. And then now we've got, you know, an opportunity to raise decentralized leadership. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this gets into the, the, the people that have been working and we're kind of lucky in that we've had a lot of people working for 10 years on this or 10 years or five or six years in this transformation. I mean, yeah. I like a good, a hefty, a healthy six years for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like I went to my first rainforest meeting uh, in six, 17 and 17, it was just a small group of people okay. and, and now it fills room. Right. And so we're, we're lucky in that we have people that are doing it um, kind of non-commercially uh, to try and drive transformation. We're lucky we have that momentum because otherwise we'd be having to start from zero right now. Yes. That'd be really hard to do. 
No, because so, that's an interesting pivot because it's easy to go like, oh, wow, shit. Like we've already been back on our heels for five years and now this, but I like your pivot of like, well, no, we've been actually preparing and working towards this. So we're actually not starting at zero. I really like yeah. that perspective. Yeah. And so, and so I think that nice. look at that decentralized leadership that's happening and this goes to our comments about Evan, Terry, all the guys that are everyone, all those little pockets, Danielle, yeah. start, every single leader, yes. they're leading their, their small little tribes and, and helping us transform the city. And so I, I do think that you've kind of got a barbell shaped um, leadership curve where you've got the federal and provincial stuff doing their thing. Mm. And then I think we've got an obligation to our communities to make sure our communities succeed. So, uh, you know, uh, someone's already taking care of the political stuff. Yeah. And, and then I think that because we're all decentralized right now, we're all in our own homes. We have an obligation to lead within our own communities. And yes. you see it right now in social media. As an ex- and this is an example like everybody who runs a fitness uh, shop <laughs> yep. is now offering, they're giving free fitness classes, right? Yep. Everyone that's got a marketing shop, they're offering free marketing classes. There's everyone is really, uh, there's, there's just a spirit of give. If you look for it and you're listening, there yep. is a massive amount of people that are giving with no, no chance of profit. Yes. And, and that's something that I think that we need to really embrace. And, and, you know, as far as transformation is concerned, uh, I would like to see everybody have a conversation with somebody um, and at the end of that conversation, follow with how can I help you? Right. And rather than going in with an ask and, and this is what these people are doing on, on all the, how to cook food at home, how to, they're all helping everybody. And there's, they're, they're, they're doing it out of uh, a desire to maintain fulfillment. Like they're, they're, you know, you talk about that mastery autonomy and fulfillment, you know, how we get, um, how we make, make us feel happy for the work that we do and we're not going to get a paycheck. And I'm actually, I'd probably say that if you go figure out what you can do, what, what you can give, what you can offer, um, recognizing that you are not going to get a paycheck for that. Um, it might actually, what's what drives you to get a paycheck or the next paycheck, the next opportunity or whatever. And then when there is an opportunity to receive a gift or an offer from somebody, be aware that that is what's happening and be comfortable accepting that, that, that gift or that offer be comfortable accepting. And it, I think is also an interesting, like we all have to kind of be in this to make it work. Mm. Yeah. Like, like mm. shelf your pride and accept the fact that someone's going to come help you, whatever, raise the barn to use. To, we're going yeah. to stick with, we're going to, we're going to call the barn building theme. Throughout yeah. this, the, but, this but you know, but be comfortable accepting help and be comfortable and be, and wake up in the morning seeking to give help. And, mm. and if we keep doing that, I really believe that our mental uh, stability will emerge and we'll start creating more triggers for like more non-electronic dopamine triggers, more oxytocin triggers, a yes. certain totin, tonin will be balanced and we'll have like that real endorphin that we're coming from helping people. Right. And if we can balance that brain chemistry by doing work that makes us fulfilled, then we can um, really, we can get in a mindset that's going to help us get out of this. But if we're constantly trying to look backwards at, at what we don't have right now, we're going to mire ourselves into a, into a physical depression. And, oh, and I, 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 the, I wish it was XXX. That is never going to be a healthy, like, you know, if it helps drive you forward, but if you get mired in that, absolutely. I think as a city where you talk, you know, on the broader scale, there's still like, let's just fast forward. Let's rewind three weeks ago. There was still people with the people, those people, there was still a group that you'd talk and it'd be like, yeah, we're focusing on the future, but geez, I really wish that it would just be like it was five years ago. 
Like that's something that I think has plagued us. Like we've been moving forward and there's a lot of groups and people that you've called out already, which is almost the who's who of who's been on my podcast, which is, which is great. I'm like, yes, I love all those people you talked about. They're the ones looking at the future, but there's still always a portion that are still wishing for the quote unquote good old days. And the good old days are always an illusion at the best of times. So I think this is going to break our dependency on thinking what the good old days could be because like there's nothing been this precedented to shift our belief structures, whether we liked it or not. (laughs) Well, I had, I had a good conversation with the, with the energy leader uh, a few weeks back when everyone was talking still. And, uh, (laughs) and, and, and the realization that he shared with me is that, you know, that he needs to become a salesperson. And so he's digging deep into understanding how sales happens because the recognition is that you can't just produce a product anymore You've got to, and you know, because even the companies mm-hmm. are undifferentiated, yep. right? So how do you become differentiated? How do you learn to sell? How do you learn to different? How do you learn, learn to drive all of that? And and I think that's that's something that, uh, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't born into sales. I was kind of forced into sales and and learning about sales, and I will call it serving sales and, and change uh, by necessity because I'd started a Raven, this hockey stick company, right. started you know started in, you know basically you're hired, you've hired people, and now you've got to feed them, right? And, um, and so back to necessity for sure. It's real. Yeah. And so we, we, I learned a ton and and certainly I'm not the best and there's way people way better that are out than I am. But, um, that's a skill that we are really lacking in this town right now is this ability Mm. to create value. And, you know, you look at every single huckster, you know, that we call them, um, uh, you know, know, Ray Crocker, whatever. And and they, they create value by trying to be optimistic or opportunistic about a situation. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's something that we're not, it's not a natural thing for, for Alberta. We're really good at operational excellence, right? Making sure everything keeps going. We've got to pivot to being uh, opportunistic around value creation. And, and I hope that people sitting around right now are going to think about things like, you know, if your particular skill is quilting, then, you know, start quilting and put it on Etsy and see if that creates a business for you that you really right. love and, 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 uh, and, and just exploring different ways to, to, um, to, to do what we need to do to feed our families. Right. And so, and, and that's, that's, I don't know, it's a bit of an experiment right now that we're all, we've all been involuntarily forced well, we've into. Been thr- we've been thrust into it, whether we liked it or not. Mm. Yeah. And, and so something, it's, something I, I'm, I'm s- optimistic. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. I agree. Cause change creates change and you know, something's going to come out of it. You, you, it's interesting. I really building off, you know, you and I, when we chatted uh, the other day about, you know, our province always being a price taker. So you don't, the, the, the operational excellence makes sense, but we've never been having to look at the customer going, what problem are we really solving for them? You know, and you made the comment to me of like, well, yeah, we're not a brand building town because we never focused on brand because we just got our dollars and gave our product. This is a really interesting opportunity. When you think about all these different services that are coming up, it's, that fundamental belief strategy has to change around value creation mm-hmm. and getting out there and really understanding what problem you're solving or what opportunity you can do for somebody else, not mm-hmm. just get the price and then deliver the most efficient and drive out costs. And it's a very different mindset well, that this is, I think, going to force us even faster. And, and, and on that note, I'll put a plug out to um, the guys at Cult, um, Cult Collective, um, mm-hmm. Riley Gill and that team, competitors of yours, right? They are. But, uh, mm-hmm. They do a good job at uh, that Cult Gathering Conference in Banff. So if there's yep, somebody- I was there. I was, at- I was, I felt very fortunate for them and for all attendees to be there like two weeks before this hit. <laughs> and I was there as well, right? Yeah. It was uh, a great I, conference I, this year. It was great. I've gone, I've gone there three years now, so I've signed oh, up for cool. the anyways, My point is for everybody is that if you're looking for a mind shift, it's in our backyard. And it's, yes. it's inexpensive. And so a plug for that, because I think it's an important conference that we keep, keep going in this city. Um, and, and I just, on the comment of brand, like I really do think 
that had we really understood who our stakeholders were as a province, right? Mm, okay. Uh, 10 years ago, we would have managed our stakeholders differently and we wouldn't have been put in this position around being uh, excluded from, from the economy or so yes. the feeling of, ex- feeling of exclusion from the yeah, economy. Yeah, uh, well, there's a degree of reality there. It's not just a feeling. Right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, or considered as being expendable, right? Like all of those things are, I think that if we'd have been more proactive about our brand and what we add to the Commonwealth and to our country, our country federation, confederation, I would say, um, we would have had a different outcome. But we were, we didn't think that way. And now we know that we've got to manage stakeholders all across the country. We've got to ma- manage Aboriginal stakeholders, provincial stakeholders. And, and we had begun to do that, but I don't think we were telling people about it. And so, you know, what I'm really happy about what you're doing is you're sharing the stories of the success and the work that we actually are accomplishing. Because, I mean, Aboriginal, <laughs> Aboriginal inclusion has been something that has been a massive mandate for every single big oil and gas company, but I bet nobody knew about it. Unless no. you were in procurement, right? We are famously terrible for telling our stories as Canadians yeah. in general, but in Western Canada, especially in those sectors we're talking about, they did a really poor job. And then unfortunately, someone else started telling that story for them in a very negative way. Right. I mean, nobody spends more money on, on uh, uh, climate reducing investments than the energy industry. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, and, and from my observation, I've seen so many Aboriginal communities that have been lifted out of the, the, the throes of poverty because of, of energy investment. And this is over my 20 year career. It doesn't happen overnight. And so, and we didn't tell any of those stories. And so people just think that we're literally the guy with the 10 gallon hat walking around smoking a big cigar in a convertible <laughs> Cadillac, you know, we're with a, big, with, a big, with a big set of horns on the front. <laughs> yeah. We're we, we both just uh, we just dated ourselves with the Boss Hog reference for everyone who's listening. <laughs> Fair that. Check it out. It's Dukes so, of Hazard. You'll love it. It's a classic. Yeah. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, and and that's the, that's the Alberta perspective. And so you know, you, and so we no, didn't right. do that very well. And so we need to be more inclusive, understand our stakeholders better, manage our brand aggressively, defend our brand, and and be more be more inclusive about who we bring into the tent. Mm. And that's that's what the next twenty years looks like. So as a guy with a marketing DNA and, and a getting you know, a sales by default, I heard you say a few things today in your experience. How, do we, how would we get that story out? How would we do a better job? Because you're right. I believe we failed at it. That's come up on almost every episode as people yeah. hang their heads and go, ah, we're not telling our story. How do we do t- how, any thoughts on like, how would you approach this as a, you and I are sitting in a room with a whiteboard and we're going to market this thing? Yeah, I think we need to do, we, we, well, we, we, have, we understand our stakeholders better than ever before now. Right. We need to change the way that they feel. We need to to understand that there are there are investments we need to make in communities to be able to change that opinion. So let's use let's use Energy East Pipeline as an example. Right. Where it's it's, it's obviously a, 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 a touch a flashpoint with Quebec. Yes. Right. Well, you know, it just doesn't make any economic sense that they don't actually they're not on board of this thing. It's been made to be a political issue. Right. Whereas. If that pipeline was actually in Quebec and there is net economic benefits for Quebec, and we, you know, demonstrated to Quebec that that we were um, that we're good stewards of the environment and we were, we're, we're you know we're operating with them, then it would be a lot smoother ride. But the issue is that it's become a political issue, and now we've got to instead of going you know be minus being zero, we've got to come back from minus ten. Yeah, we're 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 we're, we're fighting a negative because everything feels like we're just like oh yeah, you're just saying that because like there's there's right. nothing there's nothing leading the story, but treating them as a stakeholder and treating them as a if this was a, a classic customer situation, we probably would have treated them very differently leading up to asking for the sale. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
versus mm-hmm. going, Hey, we're going to, we're going to sell this to you. You're going to like it. Uh, no, 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 I'm yeah. not. And no, I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> Precisely. And so I'm really inspired. Back to the sales story. <laughs> yeah. I'm inspired by the collaboration we're doing with Aboriginal groups, the energy industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see that go from being mandated to being something we do as a, as a, as a population. Right. So, cause right now it's, it's largely mandated to get through some of the, uh, the regulatory issues. I'd like to see that transition. I'd love to see more, um, you know, more, I guess, so to answer your question, how do we, how do we uh, change our brand? I do think we've got to do it because so many people are controlling it outside of us. And there's so much noise going on around COVID that we need to start changing our brand internally and acting like we want to like, like walk the walk before we talk the talk. Mm-hmm. And, and in this period of crisis right now, collaborate with one another and become a stronger province and then extend that outwards and um, and become build stories that we can begin to tell that are emotional that drive connection that we can then go share outside of the the province and and you know your medium of podcasts is incredibly um, sticky right now uh, I don't know how you know and then we've got to start getting on some of the media on board and so right now you know the podcast medium is really replacing the the town the the um, the town coffee shop or the yes, the, it is. the, yeah. the mm-hmm. fire the, the you know, everyone sitting around the fire and that needs to translate into media which then then shapes opinions and shapes policy and so that's that whole I don't know there's an expression a long time ago talking about uh, sorry a long time ago I remember in a book talking about legalization of marijuana and it was like talking about you know at some point in time we're going to get to a point where the people that are making the laws will have had a college experience that included you know, staking cabinet cannabis, and that that's going to relax the laws because they're not so friendly, not so object about it. The the, the twenty year old becomes the forty year old who now is in a power position who went, whoa, this wasn't a big deal. Like, what are we? Why are we? Yeah, that's interesting. That's right. If you, if you wait long enough, things will things do cycle through. But yeah, I think we, I think that in this case, the the opportunity to be a little bit more deliberate about it and coming out of this, which we will, there is going to be a hunger for positive stories. Like right now, it's all very negative. But I think the longer we stay at home, the longer we stare at our own four walls, the, the more we want to. Like we're still humans. We love storytelling and we love positive. We love heroes. Let's create yeah. some more heroes. <laughs> well, and that's and that's what we need to do. I mean, you look at you look at uh, you know look when we look back when we look backwards on this. Yes, which all we will. Of the dot, all of the dots will point to how we got to where we are. And so every single one of those dots is a choice that we either individually made or as a group made. Mm-hmm. And so we just need to make, make the choices, make those dots, uh, choose them in a direction that, that creates positive net benefit. You know, you know choose expansion, choose, choose creation, choose all those things, choose sharing, choose giving instead of choosing um, less information. Um, my, my share bigger than your share choose all the opposite of all those things. Well, abundance things. versus scarcity is what I'm hearing loud and loud. Yeah, and 100%. And the ability and so, to come out of this, like you said it earlier, which I really is resonating with me now, of like, you know, infrastructure development, resource development is going to take us out of this, but let's do it with all the lessons and all the integrity and all of the inclusion that we talked about. So it isn't the old story anymore. So it so, can still be there and then bring in all the technologies we have to make it different because it's so easy to just to look at it like the old way and be against that because, hey, we can do it better, but we have the means, so let's. I think that's well, interesting. I, that gets me excited about the future to hear it that way. Yeah, and I find it interesting to look at some of the, you know, and, and, and behind all of this, I think we've got to have some sort of a buy local, spend local, you know, theme or motivation, right? Mm-hmm. And so, because without our, without our local businesses or communities, like our community and culture structure kind of crumbles a little bit. 
And so, I've heard I've heard that scary story where it's like the big companies will survive because they've got the deep pockets. It's all the small business that goes away. I don't want to live in the dystopian world where it's only four or five companies that control everything. That's not a win. I don't think that's a bad well, that's a know, bad science know, fiction story. Yeah, and, and so I think that I'd like to see um, laws drafted that promote big companies to spend with local companies. Like, hey, Guillermo, I think I lost you here. So, uh, sorry, guys. Let me give you a quick pause here, and I'm going to uh, see if I can get him back on the line, and we'll uh, we'll go again. Couple things to wrap. Anything that people really need to be aware of that's going on. You referenced a lot from CDL to startup to platform to, and some of the people that I think I hold in very high regard that are, we're already doing this before we're going to ask them to do it again, kind of thing mm-hmm. after this COVID. Any other things that's on your radar that have really been instrumental for you or just in sources of inspiration? Anything that anybody can reach out, read, groups they can get involved with, meetups? What do you, what do you got on your, yeah. on your radar? Well, I mean, I think that right now we're kind of, it's, it's a weird space to try and connect. Like I would have said, you know, asked me three weeks ago, I said, go to the central library, go to yes. platform, go, go have a random collision with somebody downtown. Right. And that's a little bit difficult right now. But what I have been observing is that there's a tremendous amount of, of uh, webinars that are being published and, and there's a lot of productive uh, content to consume that'll give you inspiration to the path forward. Um, so maybe turn down the news uh, yeah. You know, like what's it to, to quote giver, turn down the suck. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you said turn down the news, that's what I inserted in my brain was turn down the <laughs> yeah. suck. Turn down the suck and, and turn up the good. Right. And so learn. And there's so many people that are giving right now. So I think, I think for us to get through right now, I, I, I do believe that we're going to have um, like service and, and we'll, we'll be at the end of this. Like, you know, 60% of the U S GDP is service oriented. So we're going to be, mm-hmm knowledge, business, service, that's going to be there. I think servitude is going to get us through this. Ah, okay. Hmm, that's right? I, I like that a lot. Yep. And so offering to help people and put yourself in a mindset to be ready to help. So that means being prepared physically. Like I, we all got to get out and do walks. We've all got to manage that brain yes, chemistry. To to take care of yourself so you can take care of others. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and we've got to do all of that. Um, if, you, if, you're, if you're fortunate enough to have a family in your you know, s- s- in, uh, confinement, you know, recognize that this isn't this is a good time to, to benefit from all of that the connection that we're not going to have otherwise. Invest in uh, physical, like if you if you're in that situation, invest in, in either virtual or physical face contact because we need to have we as human beings we respond to that even when we're very infants we respond to human faces and tracing right that's something that helps us survive. Uh, as human beings down to our caveman, the caveman mm-hmm. body. Um, so those are things kind of like some, some observations that I'm trying to choose choices that I'm trying to choose uh, over the, ne- over this period that really doesn't have an end to it right now, as, as we know right now. Yes. Right. So, right. Yeah. There's, there's absolutely, it's infinite right now. It feels like mm-hmm. it feels like it. So assume that that's going to be the way things are going to be. So uh, get on LinkedIn um, I use LinkedIn as a medium. Um, there's groups on Facebook and another orientation. Uh, I think that we need to probably tone down the social media because it can be a little bit negative and, and certainly it's triggering the wrong dopamine hit. Like we should be getting dopamine hits from helping people, not from yes. scrolling notifications on Instagram. I know. I think, I think more than ever, it's easy to get lost into. Like I've talked to people that are like, oh my God, my, my non-work screen time is out of control and my kids are burning through their screen time by 9.30 in the morning and they're yeah. super antsy. And I think we do have to be very careful. And, you know, like I heard one the other day, it was like, you know, you're the average of the five friends you, you hang out with. You're also the average of the five feeds you follow. So be very careful what you're putting in. I, I really yeah, read, totally. I, I went and cleaned up some of my Instagram after I heard that statement. Yeah. 
Fair that. All right, gonna get um, rid of some of this garbage. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I've done a lot of that too. Um, I think that we need to stop blaming other people, um, <laughs> governments, uh, the politics. I think we need to. We need. We need to. If there's a blame in your language, you've got to get rid of it. Um, that's what, uh, these are the things that I'm trying to do. And, and I, no, admit, I appreciate that. Yeah. Leading by example, man. It's great. Mm-hmm. I got, I got to admit, um, and I was chatting with a friend of mine, like practicing optimism is a deliberate thing for me. It's, a, it's like, a, it's a muscle. <laughs> it's a muscle. And so I think we need to practice optimism. So try and really find a way. And that's why I am always a promoter of serving other people because I find a source of my optimism is by thinking of other people first and, and mm. contempt for me, which is you know, I'm vulnerable to, is something that I, I try and um, redirect a sense of contempt towards serving other people. And that's how I regain uh, energy and optimism. Because when I think about myself first, is usually when I enter a cycle of depression, but I, I feel down and low. Yeah, yeah no, right? no. The, as as individuals, as business owners, as as just humans, it, it's it's a cycle. But when you're starting to become mindful of what triggers and what allows you to go into that little trough or that dip or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and getting a hold of it, I think that's really good advice. Like be an observer of your own little cycles because they're all real. We all have them. We're all human. We're all human, and, and we're all vulnerable to those sort of things, right? Yes, and we so are. be vul- be aware of how you can help other people, um, and and if that means as little as like catching up with somebody that can help them out of the lift. Like I, I, we're, we're in a house. We've got my family here and, and, um, and, but I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be single inside an apartment. And so I'm trying to make a point of, of, uh, of reaching out to those people so that they feel connection. And, and from that, those conversations, things are going to happen. So I'm a real believer to your podcast name collision, that froth, big bang theory, all of that creates good, not good stuff. Yes, and, and that's where we need to lean in right now and and create those create those opportunities to share ideas and so oh, I like what you not- said about being in the room with the right guys and you know like we have a policy at work like when you're in a room whoever said the idea it's not their idea it only happened because you're in the room together so like you know to that to me that's so important it's like well yeah we came up with something that only happens when you collide people together and you know not much in life happens without a relationship somewhere along the way so i think you're right and being forcing ourselves to do it when some days it might be easy to go a half whole day without talking to somebody make a point i 100 yeah. percent. yep and schedule it and you know it's a little bit corporate but schedule it and put it in the calendar and do it and i think that <laughs> yes learn to know, embrace your day your day timer it makes a big difference yeah um and then I, I do believe that uh, I believe in the people of this province. I believe the people in this city uh, of our country that we will become out of this stronger and, but it will be different. And so the, the, the angle that everyone needs to take is, or that I, sorry, the angle that I'm choosing to take <laughs> is that is try to understand where, how I can play a role in helping other people get through this. Uh, as you, through- as you, if you if you keep helping, it's amazing what things you're going to be included in that are then going to go, oh, wow, there's that opportunity. But if you're not there at the table, you don't get to be part of that cycle. We all have a friend who's a taker. And they're, and yes. when, you're spl- when you're splitting the bill up, they're not putting in their full share and all that <laughs> stuff, right? Like we all have someone like that and, and, and we can't live our life like that right now. We just can't. And we have to be the one that gives a little bit more. And, uh, and offers a little bit more. And every single person in your podcast that listens, every single person that's out there, they have something, they've got a special gift that they can offer. And whether it be helping someone, uh, you know, sweep the street, whatever, right? Just get out there and, and do a random act of kindness for somebody. 
and that will generate positive vibes. And it's just, it's just, it's weird how it happens. I can't explain it. But, but at, it does at, at this energy. at this point, I completely, I completely agree. There's no point. We don't need. I, it's one of the things. I don't need to know how it works. I just know it does work, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. Well, Gamerol, um, I, I appreciate your perspective, your philosophy. Also, you're just your honesty and willingness, just humility, just to share your own journey. And I think that's incredibly valuable. And this is this is a version of giving. So thank you very much for giving, contributing to the audience. And we're going to get this out there ASAP. Uh, thanks a lot, Tyler. Well, again, and thank you for all the work that you do. And I'll follow up with you as to how can I help you? I, I, I appreciate that. I, that's funny. I've been going through the same kind of checklist. I'm like, okay, so who am I going to call right after this? So, yeah. Gamerol, that was a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.